The reading this morning is taken from Luke chapter 1, verses 5 to 25. So if you're following it in the church Bibles, it's on page 1025. In the time of Herod, the king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. And his wife was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless, because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. Once, when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshippers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts to the parents of their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel and I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. 
when his time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. Well, we are launching into Advent a bit, a week early, really. Uh, Advent starts, as Chloe said, next week, but our sort of messages and theme, we've picked up a, a week early on that, and, and uh, we're going to be talking uh, through the next, actually all the way through, through even Christmas itself and, and beyond, uh, about this theme, following the star. And um, I don't know a lot about celestial navigation. Um, I have tried to navigate um, by the heavenly bodies before, and um, it did not end well. Uh, quite literally, it ended. It didn't end, but at one one time that I tried doing that, um, I think I've told the story before, and I won't tell it today. But it did literally take me through the valley of despair. Um, so I don't know a lot about celestial navigation, but I do know a few things, a couple of things. One is that if you're going to navigate by the stars, if you're going to follow the star, um, first of all, uh, you have to look up. You have to look up. You can't follow the stars by just looking around. Uh, it takes intentional looking up to follow the star. The second thing about following uh, and the star and celestial navigation is that um, unlike what we're ex we experience today with, uh, with Google Maps or SatNav or whatever it is we use that is constantly telling us exactly where we're at and exactly what to do, when you follow the star, you get glimpses. You get moments when you can set your course and you can navigate by it. But then things happen and stars disappear. They go away because the sun comes out and for a good portion of the day, they're, they're not visible because the sun is in the way. And they go away when you know, we're in places where there's lots of light pollution and that sort of thing. It's, they get more difficult to see. And they go away like it feels like it's been for the last three weeks when the clouds come and there's no way to see through. And that means that at, when we follow the star, it means oftentimes it feels like we set our course and then we head in a direction and it's not until the opportunity arises again to see again into the heavens that we need to, that we have the opportunity to see where we've come, how far we've gone and how far off course we might be and how we might need to reorient ourselves afresh and anew. So as we go through these weeks, I think these are opportunities each week for us as we're going to look at individuals, we're going to look at people in the stories of the birth of Christ and leading up to his birth and after his birth. And I think these, each week is an opportunity for us to look up, orient ourselves and understand where we are, how far we've come and see where we need to make adjustments. And so I encourage us that this is a journey through this uh, Advent and Christmas season. And, and I welcome you and invite you to take part in that journey. Well, today we're going to look at Zechariah. We're starting uh, with Zechariah. And um, Zechariah, we don't know actually a lot about Zechariah. What we know about Zechariah, we know from this passage, really. We know that Zechariah was a priest. 
That means that he was of the tribe of Aaron and that he was set apart and set aside to oversee and to take part and to lead worship. And, and that was his role. That was his, by birth, that was his role. We know that he was married to Elizabeth and we'll talk about Elizabeth a little later on and that she too was from the tribe of Aaron. And, uh, and, 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 and we know this, we know that it says that, that Zechariah was righteous in the eyes of the Lord. The Lord looked at Zechariah and said that Zechariah was righteous. It says that he was obedient to the Lord. And it says that he was fulfilled the law. In all the ways and requirements, Zechariah filled the law. Well, we know, we might expect that even of a priest, but, but we also know a few other things about Zechariah. We know that, that he and Elizabeth didn't have a child. We know that they had longed for a child. We know that they had wanted a child, but, that, but they had been unable to conceive and have a child. And we know that uh, that was, had brought pain into their life. The other thing we know about Zechariah is he was not old. I love that it says he was very old. <laughs> now, it's interesting to me that this significant part of their life together, he and Elizabeth, of not having a child and the, the pain and the disappointment of that and now being far past uh, the age to have children um, is really sort of paralleled a bit with this idea where we find Zechariah today. And that is that as, as an old priest, one of the duties of a priest was to once in their lifetime, a priest got to go into the holy place in the morning and offer incense to the Lord. And it was, each tribe had their certain sort of, they were on the rota for um, um, each, each sort of clan within the tribe were on the rota for when they would be on duty. And whoever was on duty during that time, what, those priests, um, out of them by lot, one would be selected to go in each morning and offer up the incense. We don't know exactly how old Zechariah was, but this means that throughout Zechariah's career, if we want to say, his service as a priest, he had come to be an old priest who had never gone into the Holy of Holies to offer sacrifice to the Lord. That's probably something at the minimum of 10,000 days that Zechariah was not chosen to go into the Holy of Holies. Probably more like 15,000 or more days that Zechariah was not chosen to go in to offer incense. So I think what we see here is, is someone who incredibly has lived a righteous and obedient and right life. But his life has been full of personal disappointment and even disappointment perhaps as a priest. And it's in that setting that we hear that Zechariah, his 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 lot is pulled. His, he, gets, he pulls the straw for the day and, and it's his day. And finally, finally, Zechariah gets to go into the temple and gets to offer uh, incense to the Lord. And, and, and that's where I just want to say this whole story, uh, there's a thread running beneath this whole story that's easy for us to miss. But this whole story is wrapped in prayer. Because to go into the temple and offer incense was, was morning prayer. 
That was the duty that he, uh, the, what this meant for Zechariah is that he would go to the outer, he would go to the court where, where in the court of the temple where the, where the sacrifices were offered, where he did most of his ministry and he would go with special tongs and he would pick up hot coals off of the altar where the burnt offerings were offered and he would put it in a special carrier and he would walk that in then into the holy place. And his one time to go into the holy place, he would... He would take the coal and he would put it on the altar and he would sprinkle the incense on and all of a sudden the aroma would begin to, to lift and, and, the, and the smoke go up, the incense come up and it was, the, it was the offering of prayers. So it's in this context of prayer and offering the daily prayers that something quite remarkable happens. We don't know exactly when it was, if he's already, hopefully, I, I'm hoping that he's already put the coal on, on the fire and uh, sort of it's not a health and safety issue going on there. But the, the, the coal is on there, but just as he's in the middle of doing that, all of a sudden he is not alone. He's supposed to be alone in there. Nobody else is there. And he looks up and it says that he's incredibly startled because right there next to the altar stands Gabriel, the angel of God. And Gabriel begins to talk to him and begins to share with him and say, says to him that, um, well, this message we just read, that, that he's going to have a child, that Elizabeth is going to conceive and have a child, and this child will bring them joy. And this child is going to be a child not just for them. It's not just about joy for the two of them. It's not just a fulfillment of their own personal life and things, that this child is actually for the nation. And not just for the nation, but for the world. Because through their child, this chi their child is going to begin the process of reconciling people to one another and ultimately people to God. He has a part to play. And that's the child who's on his way. What an incredible message. Now, like so many times, over and over again in scripture, we see people that have encounters with angels. Zechariah's first response is fear. That's so natural, it's so human, it's so us, isn't it? A messenger from God shows up and we're afraid. But so many times, even in the other encounters that we see throughout scripture, that fear um, is certainly right away, don't, don't worry, don't be afraid. And the other thing that's common is that when the message of God is, is spoken, the response is usually with a question. But in most cases, what we see in scripture is, I think it was sort of two things. One is for two types of responses. One is the question comes and the question is more about sort of trying to get understanding and trying to make sense of what's happening. But ultimately there's faith that's happening inside to say yes. But it's still sort of, how do I get from what I think up here to the faith that wants to say yes to this? And we see that many times. But in this case, Zechariah's response is a question. This sort of, hey, how can this be? But what we also find out is it's not actually faith that's welling up within Zechariah. Actually, what's welling up within Zechariah is disbelief. How can this be? I can't believe this. You know who I am? I mean, I'm an old man and my wife, well, she's old too. I'm the priest that's been overlooked. I'm the one who's never gone to come in here. Not me. And it's in that moment that the angel says, no, it is. Despite your unbelief, 
And Zechariah is literally left speechless as a sign to him that what was said is going to take place. Zechariah will be speechless from that moment uh, when he is in the holy place all the way through until eight days after his son is born. And it's not until eight days after when his son is presented for circumcision and presented back at the temple that he will then be given his voice back when he affirms what God has said to him and what the angel spoke to him when he writes down on a piece of paper and he says, his name shall be called John. And his voice comes back to him. It wasn't just a moment for Zechariah, it was a moment for the people of God. But there weren't even that many people that were out there. But there would have been people, and it says we read in here twice about the people that were gathered outside in offering prayers when Zechariah went in. So I just wonder today, as we come and approach this Advent season coming up and Christmas ahead of that, I just wonder what in the story of Zechariah can you relate to? I just, I wonder if there are some people here today who might say, you know, there's been some things, some prayers that I prayed long ago that I've sort of even stopped praying because I've just realized it's sort of impossible now. That ship has sailed, the time has gone, it's just, and I just sort of stopped praying those things. And all I would say today is be open. God can do amazing things. (laughs) Or maybe it's a bit like Zechariah having 10,000 or more days of going about and doing the right thing and feeling as if you've never been, never been selected, never been chosen, never been the one. And maybe the Lord would just spark something in you today to say it's not too late. I'm not quite finished with you yet. Maybe it is that the Lord wants to this Christmas, as we come to Christmas, wants to speak to you about something that he wants to give, a gift that he has for you, an answer that he has for you. But he also wants you to know it's not just for you. It's actually for the community and beyond you. Maybe it's bigger than you. It's about the kingdom of God and something that he wants to birth and and bring forth. Today, Whatever it is, whatever your response, maybe it is that you've, you've, the Lord has sort of spoken to some, some, some things to you and it's fear. And maybe it's even disbelief. I love it about Zechariah. Even though he it doesn't believe in that moment, it doesn't mean that God's not still going to do it. So today, I just want to ask you, it's an opportunity to reorient yourself to take things that maybe haven't happened or maybe you've longed for, maybe even fear or disbelief. And it's an opportunity to look and see the life of Zechariah and say, you know what? It's time to reorient myself. It's time to head in a different direction. In many ways, that's what we're about ready to do right now in baptism. Baptism is a moment to come and acknowledge a reorientation of ourselves. To say, you know what, I was headed in a direction, but you know what, I've seen the star. And now I'm going in a different direction. 
Or maybe you've been traveling in, with the Lord for a lot of years and, and uh, like Roz today, as she comes up to, uh, to, to reaffirm her vows, it's just a moment of reorientation. She says, I've been on the track, but, but today I just, I need to just sort of reorient myself afresh and anew. And that's the Lord's invitation to each of us today. So as we come to the baptism today, I just invite you as we say the words and go through the liturgy and Andy leads us, um, it doesn't just have to be about those who are up here. It might also be something that God's doing in your heart today. And it's an opportunity for you to say yes and for you to reorient yourself and to follow the star. Amen.